Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESOAmazon. Or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing this show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out tangiboundnetwork.com. You can look them up and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile friendly. What more could you ask for? which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains, you can do it. You can do it. Check it out, tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this edition of the PCC Multiverse, we're asking, what's up with the NES mini console being discontinued and is it cool to like Thor again? All this and a conversation with Plasma Z as we play his latest track, and ask him about his creative process and his hopes for Destiny 2. And it's NBA playoff time, and our man in the know when it comes to basketball, Anthony Barberant, is back, and we share our thoughts on the postseason, including who will be crowned champions, and our picks for the top awards this year. We'll also play clips from the latest effort from Humanican Media as the Morning Monitor debuts on the program. It's a slam dunk of a show we have for you today, as our next stop is the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos. I'm here along with my good friend. He is the man with the legend. The man who is... Burdened by the weight of podcasting demons and podcasting weights like you would not even imagine, it's Josh Peterson. How are you, my friend? Good, good, man. Just tossing those coals in the fire, seeing what happens. Something might explode, but, you know, there are other ventures. You are the man, the myth, the legend behind Humanica Media, and it goes without saying that Humanica Media is hot and heavy with a whole bunch of things in the fire right now. So, Tell everyone out there what's going on with all the great stuff, including your brand new show that's premiered this week on Humanica Media. 
Yeah, we got a brand new show called The Morning Monitor. It is our, our daily show where you can get your fix of uh, tech and nerd news. Uh, it's kind of in beta right now, so if you want to subscribe to us on YouTube, leave us some comments. We're, we're actually looking for some feedback, so we would appreciate that a great deal. And there's also our... Our other podcast, the Super BS Games Cast, and what about this? Uh, yeah, so please check us out. Leave us some feedback. We'd be more than happy to respond to any comments you or concerns you might have. And we truly appreciate you listening to this show, the PCC Multiverse. It's also in the top ten in the podcast radio network, and we truly appreciate you you helping us achieve that level. And also the Monday Night Show. That is the Pop Culture Cosmos Show, 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. That is the number one show on the network, and we truly appreciate it because it is all due to you out there. If for some reason you cannot get the show live on the Podcast Radio Network, hey, we've got a bevy of downloadable options for you to try, including Stitcher, TuneIn, Podcast.com, Google Play, Mixcloud, iTunes, of course, Gonna Geek Network, ESO, Tangibound Network as well. You can rate us, review us. Hopefully it's five stars. We truly appreciate it. Uh, we're working hard to bring you a, a great show each and every time. And and we just like I said, if you do download the podcast, we always throw in a bonus podcast from the family of networks here at Humanity Media, Pop Culture Cosmos, and Game Source as well. So we got a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking a little bit later on about the NES uh, mini console that was uh, such a big hit over the holidays, if you could actually find them. And uh, the stunning decision that uh, Nintendo has made that uh, has left both Josh and I scratching our heads. We've also got DJ Plasma Z. He is actually going to be here. It's Elijah Harrison. He's going to be here on the show in a little bit talking about his great song and uh, that we're going to play here in a minute as well. He's going to be talking about his his interests and, and the way he creates music. And also, he wanted to talk about Destiny 2, so stay tuned for that. And Anthony Barberin. I'll tell you what, we had a great conversation earlier in regards to the NBA because it's playoff time starting this weekend and his thoughts on all the NBA playoff matchups and our choices, our picks for this season as far as the season's award for MVP, most improved player, best defensive player, coach of the year, and all the other awards that are that everybody is so keen on indeed. So I'll tell you what, right now, there's the biggest news this week, I think has to be uh, something that kind of surprised me. Not that it was released, but that that people are everywhere just going gaga over it. I'm talking about Thor Ragnarok, which has surpassed Beauty and the Beast, which has also surpassed Star Wars The Force Awakens, and is now the most viewed trailer in Disney history. So I ask you, Mr. Josh Peterson, your thoughts on the Thor Ragnarok trailer, and do you think this is the kickstart this series has needed? Because Thor's been, you know, kind of pushed to the side. Everybody else has been getting the glory, but will this bring Thor back into the realm in really a, a great fashion? And do you think it'll actually move him up to the top of the food chain in the Marvel universe? Yeah, I think this trailer looks hilarious. I like, I like what this director is trying to do. I, I can't ever remember how to pronounce his name. It's like something white. YTT. I don't know if you've seen his other movies, What We Do in the Shadows and uh, 
Oh, Flight of the Concords, yeah, that was the other one. But he uh, he's clever in the way he does things, and I think that he did a good job of taking two relatively dis not disliked, but like two heroes that didn't fly so well solo in their own movies, and he did a good job of putting them together and making something that people might actually be interested in because it looks not all it doesn't have that darkness that Thor: The Dark World had, which wasn't wasn't a terrible movie, at least in my opinion. I know we differ greatly in that category, but he did a good job of making these characters likable and making the movies seem funny. Cause I know he said it was going to be like a, like an eighties buddy cop comedy. And I was kind of curious how they were going to make that happen. And after seeing the trailers, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it a great deal. And I know that Jeff Goldblum is uh, he, he looks like he's probably an interesting character to watch, but yeah, there's a lot of hype. I'm I'm ready for it. I'm I'm excited to see more footage, more trailers. What what I really want to know is how much of Bruce Banner are we going to see, and how much of the Hulk are we going to see? He's a friend from work. Exactly. But I want to ask you this because, like I said, I was very impressed with it as well. But does every movie have to start off with some rock anthem riff? I, I mean, I am from that general time frame, and I love rock anthems. But does every superhero movie have to start off with it? It's just the trailers are concerned. They're just mm, just always just start off with it. And it just seems like they all want to follow that same type of formulaic process. But once we got over that, obviously seeing uh, Mjolnir's hammer get uh, thrashed within the first minute by Kate Blanchett and her character was truly awe-inspiring. In fact, my daughter was just like, whoa as uh it's something that that we did not expect and and we weren't seeing coming mile away and to throw that out in the trailer was definitely something that got our attention right away so kudos for them for doing that so it looks like in, as far as what i've seen it looks like it's going to be a little bit more lighter uh, a little bit uh more fun and and more uh maybe more, a little bit more campy than we're used to seeing out of the Thor films, almost like in the vein of the Ant-Man film uh, that came out, uh, you know, a couple of years ago and whatnot. But I want to ask you this, if it holds true and this is going to be a complete, yeah, I was saying that complete, but a kind of veering off into a different direction for Thor. Obviously also Dr. Strange will be included as from what we know already as well. How do you see all those components coming together not only from the the hero standpoint with the Hulk and Doctor Strange and and also you know maybe Loki mixed in there from what we saw as well, but we don't know how much time is devoted to him. What are your thoughts as far as it coming together? Is also from a villain standpoint with Jeff Goldblum's character and also Kate Blanchett's character as well. See, that's where things get interesting because are we going to have a an Amazing Spider-Man situation or are we going to have like a a, a, a safe, a healthy balance of villains. Like, is Jeff Goldblum going to be involved more in the film than just the Gladiator guy? Like, when they leave the Gladiator planet, is it going to switch? Because I know, uh, what's her name? Uh, Loki's daughter, I can't remember what her name is, but she's Kate Blanchett's character, if they go that route in the movie. she has She's responsible for sending Thor to the gladiatorial planet. So I wonder, like, how those two things are going to intertwine and um, and also Anthony Hopkins' character, I believe, at some point in time, is going to be sent. Will pop? Yeah, he'll he'll pop up somehow because that's why Doctor Strange is involved. 
So yeah, it's just it's a it, it'll be a balancing act, and I think that this if anyone can handle something like that, because because of the tone of the film, we've seen the comedic tone of the film, and I think that if anyone is equipped to handle something like that and handle it well, it is this director. Indeed, uh, it looks like it's going to be a very good mix of of action and lighthearted fun, and uh, definitely I think it will bring out a side of Chris Hemsworth that that we've been waiting to see. Because he, in, in real life, he's, he seems like he's a little bit more jovial and more, uh, a lot more like the way he is now in Thor Ragnarok than as opposed to maybe the more serious side of, of Thor that we saw in the first two films. So it's, it'd be nice to see that lighter side that we've seen in those, uh, I, I don't know if you've been able to see those Marvel uh, shorts that have taken place over the past few months that they've, you know, about in the office place where he's in the office with the, with the workers and whatnot and, and they're having a type of interplay and also sharing a uh, apartment with, with one of them as well. That was, you know, those are, those are moments that people have been waiting to see from Chris Hemsworth as, as Thor for a while now. And it, it's just great to see that they've now transferred that into the Thor Ragnarok movie and, and, despite all the obviously doom and gloom stuff that's going on and, and also as well having to serve the overall higher deed of trying to make sure it ties into the, the infinity war universe. So there's a lot of challenges indeed. And it looks like hopefully that they'll be able to pull it off. But do you think that's also a challenge as well, trying to tie it into that infinity war universe? Yeah, that's always going to be a challenge. I'm sure, you know, we'll see some kind of tied Thanos or the Collector or something, whether it's in the movie itself or in, uh, you know, in the post credits. But from what I understand, this movie is definitely a tie-in to the, this is the lead-up to Infinity War. So something has to happen here that leads into Infinity War. It definitely looks like it indeed, because it's getting close. The, the clock is starting to tick, and... When Thor Ragnarok does come out, it's definitely going to be less than a year, so we'll all be awaiting in great anticipation. And and seeing that film setting up the Infinity War is going to be a great challenge indeed. What are everyone's thoughts out there about Thor Ragnarok? You can let us know by getting a hold of us at popculturecosmos at yahoo.com or on Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, or Humanican Media on Facebook or Twitter. But right now, we've got a great thing for you right here on the PCC Multiverse. It's going to be, again, DJ Plasma Z coming up right now with Supernova. And after the break, we're going to be talking to Plasma Z about his musical style and love for the Destiny franchise. This is the PCC Multiverse.
You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Hey, everyone. If you're in the Southern California area and are looking for the best way to improve your home, look no further than adding some always green synthetic grass today. Whether it's creating that awesome backyard that's kid and pet friendly or that punting green to work on your golf game, Always Green provides installation and landscaping with only American-made products such as their famous synthetic turf with advanced drainage technology and backed by a 15-year warranty that will have your yard looking great for a very long time. Always Green also installs retaining walls, custom lighting and driveways, and the most beautiful stone walkways. So if you live in the Southern California area, what are you waiting for? Financing is also available, so call for a free estimate today. 714-614-7814. That's 714-614-7814. Or stop by their store at 16772 Wanda Circle in Huntington Beach. And get your home looking great with Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens. A proud sponsor of Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and the PCC Multiverse Channels. The Morning Monitor arrived this week as the guys from Humanica Media cover the latest pop culture news daily on their YouTube channel. Um, speaking of video gaming systems, here's everything that we know about the Xbox Scorpio. So, going to be compatible with uh, the virtual reality. Another cool thing is it comes native 4K, running at 60 frames a second. Right? That's huge. That's huge. And not a lot of games can say that they do that. Another really cool thing about that is that while it's running that, I was watching a video on it. They are playing the new Forza. And uh-huh. they had it... Um, apparently, Forza has a kind of a system where when they import more cars, when it's, the track is really full, it'll sacrifice quality. So, it sucks that. so it's full cars... Running 4K, 60 frames a second, um, and it's only taxing 80% of the CPU. So it's just screaming it's along. It's screaming. And they said mm. most games run at only about 60%. So they're saying that that's going to really let the developers make some right. really beautiful games. So there's and lots of room to grow. You won't have to buy a new console. It'll for, last longer, hopefully. Hopefully longer. What's yeah. amazing here is what's inside of it. So they developed their own uh, processing chip, their own uh, processor for this. And it is, I'll tell you. Six teraflops of processing power. Okay, it's teraflops. Like teraflops sound terrifyingly amazing. I have no idea what a teraflop is. Exactly. But but you know these days if you when you the combine tera, tera and flop anything. or a flop, well, tera with anything really, but flop just doesn't make sense by itself. Uh, what is a what is a flop's process? A flop is is an additive word. That, what does a flop do in a computer? Welcome to Siri time on the morning monitor. Where we ask Siri life's questions. Okay, here we go. Flops are a measurement of a computer performance. And the page is almost loaded. Okay. Uh, in computing uh, floating point uh, operations per second. Okay. So it's a measure of computer performance. Useful in fields of scientific uh, computations that require floating points. Okay. So it sounds like it has to do with... Some process. sort of computer thing. Anyway. It's got Sounds tera- like it's some teraflops. computer thing we don't understand. It's amazing, I know. There's six of them. Six, six teraflops. teraflops. What's really cool is the um, graphics processor and the RAM in this. This thing has 320 gigabytes of RAM. 
Let's just like okay. So my computer was like three thousand dollars. Three thousand, yeah, right, right. For a, a you, laptop, you max it out. I maxed it out. I like I went on to Apple's website and like I maxed everything out. It only has sixteen gigabytes of RAM. Mine only has eight gigabytes of RAM. Eight gigabytes, and of that's RAM. considered fast. So this three hundred and something—that's crazy. Yeah, exactly. That's like looking to your soul fast. You know what I mean? That's like blazing. It already knows what you're going to be. It doing. knows what you're thinking before you think it. That's the Morning Monitor from Humanica Media on YouTube. Welcome to the PCC, the Pop Culture Cosmos. Your home for, you know, everything pop culture and, uh, you know, whatever we decide to throw at you. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. Once again, check us out each and every Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. You just heard our special guest play just now with Supernova. And after winning our most recent contest for a copy of Mass Effect Andromeda, he uh, gave us a shout out and said, hey, guys, I really got this, this, this you know, great lineup of music. I wanted to go ahead and see if I could get uh, put on the program. And, you know, we took a listen to it and, and Josh and I really kind of kind of liked it. And uh, in fact, several tracks, actually, uh, we, we really liked. In fact, we're going to play three. We played one last week. I'm going to play another one uh, on both of our shows next week, so catch that out. It is Elijah Harrison, better known as Plasma Z. How are you today? I'm fantastic, sir. Uh, I, I was reading as far as your process uh, in making at least one of the songs. It took a little while. You know, people think, oh, okay, how long does it, does it create to to make a, a – EDM song of that nature, five-minute song. But actually, in the process, so, you know, one of the songs you had mentioned was uh, actually a few weeks, even months. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, Level One Flagship Protocol actually took me around four months. I mean, the entire Level One album, even for it being seven songs, I mean, I cut just as many songs, if not more, off of this album. Uh, just because of writer's block, things not going my way, uh, and me just needing to learn more. Uh, you know, I can't even tell you how many nights I spent sleepless just looking up on YouTube, you know, tons of tutorials. How can I make my bases heavier? And you know, I still, I still have so much to to learn with that. Absolutely, and if you're you're always learning, you're also always evolving. As an artist, indeed, as podcasters, including you know myself and 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 Josh, we're not always learning something new. We're we're falling behind as as quarters as well. But I'll tell you what: if you get a chance to listen to to Plasma Z and all the great uh, tracks that he's got there from his album and 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 other tracks as well from him, it's just you can feel the love as far as it's concerned for the music itself. But before we talk about one more thing in, in regards to you know a, a certain little game that's coming up in the near future, I want to make sure that you get a, plenty of time and opportunity to go ahead and to let everybody know exactly what's going on with you in Plasma Z and, and where people need to go to check out all the awesome music other than you know Pop Culture Cosmos. So uh, all my music is going to be on SoundCloud.com. I'm eventually going to put it up on uh, Reverb Nation, Bandcamp, possibly audio Mac um, lots of lots of websites I've been submitting uh, my music to blogs on submit hub like a ton uh, and I was lucky enough to get featured on two music blogs one was the drunken coconut in Canada 
And then uh, DJ Mishka Lost in Russia actually shared uh, my music. Both of them had very good things to say about not only me as an artist, but about the music itself. Um, but something that I really wanted to give more insight into uh, a deeper reason and meaning of why I named the album Level One, you know. Of, of course, I'm going to make a follow-up album and make it 10 times better. And, you know, I, like you said, I'm growing as an artist. We're all evolving. Um, I want to release singles up until that point. And then, you know, none of these singles that I release are actually going to be on level two. There's going to be a level two. But, I mean, my friend gave me the idea. He's like, so how much XP do I need to get to level two? And I was like... Well, it depends on how many singles I can put out. So, I mean, it's a really cool as process. Said, yeah, as you said, it's a long process in, on some with some titles, some tracks. Like you said, you, you said you have certain times where you feel more creative than others. So it is a process indeed. So yeah. I know a lot of people will be looking forward to level two. But for now, level one is 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 pretty darn good. And I tell you what, as someone <laughs> who, who does enjoy like I said, the EDM scene uh, for, for many, many years, I truly want to compliment you on, on all the great tracks you have out there. Thank and you. If, if people want to get in tune with it, please go to Plasma with Z. It's all Zs, no Ss in there. Plasma Z <laughs> on SoundCloud. And, and tell you what, because it, it's just some great tracks indeed. But one more thing before we go. But I want to get your thoughts right now on Destiny 2, because I know you and I spoke a little bit about it and, and I, I, on a previous podcast, I did speak to Josh, who who has not tasted Destiny yet, and me, who's had some time in Destiny, but eh, didn't want to see it the whole way through, uh, I should say, after a few hours of playing it. So, But tell us about other thoughts that you have in regards to what you're hoping for for Destiny 2. So first and foremost, I'm going to say, just because I'm wearing the jacket, I want factions to stick around. I love Dead Over. I'm actually hopefully getting a dead orbit tattoo this year. Um, Cause I mean, I just playing destiny from the beginning. I fell in love with the game. It's honestly unlike any other gaming experience I've had. I mean, it's an RPG. It's a, a first person shooter. Uh, you've got elements from so many different games packed in one, but in terms of things I want to see in destiny Two, one being definitely space combat, uh, I mean, we saw it in one of the trailers. We saw it. They literally, like, were toying with us. Space combat was right there on the screen, and we couldn't have it, which still to this day bugs me. If you could fly your ship at will from a social space into a combat zone, I mean, granted, there'd be, there'd be some variations of, of trying to do that because of, of PvP. You can't just fly into you know, a war zone like that, but fly into the Plaguelands for patrol or something like that, or fly onto the Dreadnought, or fly to, you know, Venus at your own control. And it's not like, it's not like Bungie actually has never dealt with space combat, because I think they did, even though it was linear form, they still dealt with it very well in Halo Reach, if I do remember correctly. Yes. Yes, they did. And I'm really looking forward to see whether or not they put it in there. Uh, in Destiny 2. But something that is a huge, huge topic uh, for Destiny 2 right now is a new subclass. A new character class. Where, like, 
people are spreading rumors about there being a darkness subclass and then there's going to be possibly a fourth character class so it won't just be warlock titan hunter you know there's going to be that that fourth uh class in there no one knows what the heck that could be well it's definitely something good to look forward to indeed and i i know josh and i both said that uh, as it gets closer to it we're definitely going to be looking on it with great interest and i also think with destiny now that everything has come out into form and rounded shape with all the DLC that was added to it, it makes it an even more well-rounded game. Bungie has had that experience. Let's just say that. Bungie has now had that experience. They're branched off away from Microsoft. They've had this opportunity with Destiny to make a real mark in the industry. It was a little bit yeah. uh, staggered at first. And that's where they lost a lot of consumers. But that's also where they grew those all those clans like yours that have grouped together to make the game enjoyable for those groups. And and I know that Destiny 2 will, will probably be a lot better, not only for the clans and the groups, but for those individuals that are going to go at it from a single-player perspective. And I, I just, I'm just i looking forward to it as well, to getting back into the Destiny universe and maybe even possibly getting the, the entire collection as a whole beforehand just to make sure I'm, I'm up to speed on everything going on with Destiny. But... Uh, Definitely, indeed, looking forward to it. And as it gets closer, definitely want to get you and the entire team together to talk some Destiny 2 and, and your hopes as it gets closer, because I'm sure we'll we'll know a lot more by by that time before uh, September 8th comes around. Well, Elijah, Plasma Z, it, it's been truly a pleasure having you part of the pop culture cosmos here today. And Thank you for having me. Oh, anytime. <laughs> and, and I just want to thank, let everybody, I thank everybody out there for listening. And again, check out Plasma Z's great songs on SoundCloud today, just type in Plasma Z, and there you go. All his great songs come right up. And in fact, you're going to be listening to more next week uh, on each of our shows, the Pop Culture Cosmos, and this show, the PCC Multiverse. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and also Game Source. We truly appreciate you listening out there and as a little special treat, uh, we've got a returning guest to talk some NBA because the NBA playoffs are starting this weekend. And oh my goodness, it's one of my favorite times of the year. Who better to bring back on the show than the man who knows the NBA better than virtually anyone I know? He is our NBA man in the know. It's Anthony Barber. And how are you again, my friend? I'm doing well, man. I'm uh, enjoying this season. I'm ready for the playoffs, ready to see what's going to go. What's going to unfold seems to be a two-horse race, but you never know when the playoffs start. So. Uh, this, is, this is true. This is true. I want to get your thoughts on, on the finals in a little bit. But uh, in case everybody needs a refresher on exactly the, what the playoff seedings are, what the matchups are going to be, uh, we're going to go ahead as far as take a look at the East matchups first. It's going to be the Celtics in the number one seed. They did sneak it out over the Cavaliers at the end of the season. 
They're going to be facing against the number eight seed Bulls. Cavaliers will be facing the seven seed Pacers. The Raptors will be facing the Milwaukee Bucks. The Washington Wizards will be facing the Hawks. First off, Anthony, what matchup in the East sticks out to you the most? For me, it's that one eight matchup. Uh, I think it, it has uh, great upset potential. Um, Wade coming back, um, you know, Jimmy Butler there, Rondo. I think that they have the means to upset the Celtics in a seven game series. And and what is your final pick for this series? I, I want to say it's a toss up. I think I, I think that Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, a little bit older. But when you talk about who you're picking as the best player in that series, I think either way you could pick in a a seven-game playoff series, either one of those two players to be the best player in that series. I think Boston will pull it out. I I think it's closer to a toss-up than most people. You think maybe it's going seven? Yeah. Okay, seven games. I'm I'm actually in agreement with you on that. I think it's also going to be Boston in seven games as well. As far as the Cleveland matchup, as far as facing the Indiana Pacers and Paul George, on sur- on the surface, this does not look like if you know a close contest. If Cleveland is all together and even playing remote any type of defense at at all whatsoever, but I I'm I'm picking the Cleveland Cavaliers in five. What are your thoughts as far as the series is concerned? I'm pretty much with you on that. I think the memories of Paul George versus LeBron from there. Indiana Miami um, matchups kind of come to mind. However, however, I think the way this Cleveland team is constructed is different than the way Miami is constructed, where their best players are shooters. I think that it's just going to be too much for Indiana to overcome. But like you said, I think Cleveland in five at the most, um, if not a sweep. Fair enough, indeed. Uh, there's also the Milwaukee Bucks playing the Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors are the favorites uh, going into it. But I, in my opinion, I think of any of the East matchups, I think this is the most likely for an upset. Uh, I'm actually still picking the Raptors in seven, but I would not be surprised at all if the Bucks up and the Raptors in that seventh game because with uh, Atentacumpo, uh, who is really coming into his own as, as a star. I really think that can present a lot of matchup problems against Toronto. And I do not know how uh, Kyle Lowry will be as far as health-wise going into this first round. He, if he's really rusty throughout, then then it's going to be definitely a long series. And I think it's going to be, if there's any any series that's going to be an upset, it's going to be in this one right here. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, an entertaining series. I think I have Toronto at six. Um, I just think that had Jabari Parker still been there, then it'd be a closer matchup. And then the final matchup in the East is the Washington Wizards versus the Atlanta Hawks. I think the John Wall uh, Bradley Beal combo is going to be too much for Atlanta. Um, I see them winning in uh, five games, uh, maybe even a sweep, because I'm not sure Atlanta is going to be able to provide much resistance. I really think it's going to be a, a an easy easier series for the Wizards this time around. Atlanta is one of those teams when you look at them on paper and you're like, yeah, they should be top three seed in the East, and they just don't do it. I think that the uh, the trading of uh, Jeff T has impacted that team more than they would have thought. Um, 
So I, I agree with you. I think they can get a game, um, maybe two, but I, I think the Wizards is six at least, um, at best. Probably the more high-profile matchups, the more high-profile matchups indeed in the West. Although, like I said, nobody should sleep on the East because there's definitely a lot of great teams over there as well. But we'll first start off with the Los Angeles Clippers, the number four seed playing the Utah Jazz. We have the number three seed, the Houston Rockets, playing the number six seed, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the number two seed, San Antonio Spurs versus the seven seed, the Memphis Grizzlies. And, the, of course, the Golden State Warriors, which had another great season this year, their number one going in against the Portland Trailblazers. The most intriguing series to you, and, and how many games do you think it'll go I'm going to start with my most intriguing. I think the most intriguing to me will be the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I'm actually going to pick the Thunder to upset the Rockets in seven games. Um, I think that's the most interesting series to me outside of the Bulls and the, and the Celtics in the East. I think in the Western Conference, uh, that matchup, those two players, Russell Westbrook's just relentlessness, I think makes that, and it's just going to be, a great series to watch every single game, regardless of the outcome. I have Houston in six. The matchup between Harden and Westbrook will make it a series where you just you can't turn it off. I have concerns in regards to the shooters that are out there uh, that, that surround them. Are they going to be able to consistently hit the three in the playoffs? Their consistency in the three is the key. If they're, they're hitting the three, this will be over in four or five. I'm going to tell you that right now. But if not which I don't think it is. I think they will struggle in the playoffs. They don't have much outside of that because then it'll be just hardened 100%. So I'm concerned about the three-point shot for the Houston Rockets falling. So that's why I picked Oklahoma City in seven. But I wouldn't be surprised if Houston dominates. If they're hitting the three, then then yeah, it will look like it's no contest indeed. But the next thing as far as it's concerned, we got the Clippers and Utah, which is also an under-the-radar series because I think that's really going to be a barn burner as well. Uh, in this one, I do think the Clippers, because they have the home court edge, I think that's going to win out for them. I think they, they play well at the Staples Center, and I think they're going to win out in seven games. But your thoughts on that series? Yeah, I have the Clippers in six. I really like Utah's team. I think they're really, really talented. And I think the key to that is Rudy Gobert. With Rudy Gobert, I think DeAndre Jordan is the one guy who can match him and what he can do with his athleticism and his length. Oh, the Clippers, I want to say the Clippers had that long streak for like several games in a row that they had uh, almost like double digits where they had beaten Utah in a row. Is that correct? Until this year? Yeah. And and even in this year's uh, series, I, I think they beat them 3-4. Yes. Uh, three yes. out of four games. I think that Gordon Hayward is going to have to step up big for Utah. If he and Rodney Hood can have consistently good games, great games, then I think they can push it to seven. If, like I said, if it wasn't that that Gobert-Jordan matchup, I would be a little more leaning towards Utah. But I think just because DeAndre matches up so well with Gobert that he kind of neutralizes him in a sense. Um, and I think I think the Clippers will pull it out with six. Number two matchup uh, and the unheralded, again, <laughs> seems like, you know, almost like death and taxes. San Antonio wins 50-plus games again this year, and, and they've got this time one of the, the merging stars, in fact, one of the top MVP candidates out there in, in Leonard. And I'm just telling you right now, they're, they're a great matchup against the Memphis Grizzlies. 
I know Memphis is going to get really ugly on them and, and grind it out, but I, I really think the Spurs are, are, at least in this matchup, are going to own the Grizzlies, and I see them winning in no more than five games. Uh, I agree. I think uh, Memphis is, you know, their culture, their style of grind them down, grind them down, will get them a game. But I don't think they have enough. So I, I think in this first round matchup, I, I see the Spurs in five. And then also, we, you know, we got that last matchup between uh, Golden State and Portland. I think there's going to be a lot of jawing going on. There's already some some back and forth already as far as uh, Damian Lillard, who's never been shy about uh, sharing his comments out there, uh, saying that they're going to win in six. I think it's going to be Golden State in five. Uh, I just think Golden State is, is is starting to gel. And Kevin Durant, everybody's talking about the rustiness, but he looked explosive against the Lakers again. And, and uh, you know, it may not take him very long to get back up to where they were, were at just before he got injured. So I think they're really looking good coming into the playoffs. And and I know it'll be uh, fun to watch, but I think it's just going to be uh, Golden State in five games. But what are your thoughts, Anthony? Um, I see it the same way, if not four. I think Damian Lillard is so gifted and so talented that he can have one of those games where he just he puts up 50 and they win the game. They share the ball so well. I just think they don't rely on one person to be great and it, it, it'll be too much for Portland to overcome. I think uh, I see it going to five games. I think Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum can have that one game where they just they go off. And, yeah, they'll have to score 80 basically together right, at right, least. right. And um, I, I can see that, though. It's not something that's, to me, far-fetched. I just don't see it happening four times. I see them getting that one game. But other than that, I, I, um, it's Golden State. I definitely think that despite uh, C.J. McCollum and, and Damian Lillard actually being able to light up the scoreboard, I still see that Golden State is going to probably win in five. But it is going to be entertaining. It's definitely going to be high-scoring. And and it's probably, of the all the series, it's going to be definitely the most fun to watch. Although Houston, Oklahoma City, I wouldn't count that out as well. Rob McCallum Films is back in 2017 with a vengeance. This year, we're set to release Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull drops this year and is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Uh, we, we talked earlier this year in regards to our thoughts as far as who was going to the finals. Uh, I know my pick was going to be was still a repeat of, of Cleveland and Golden State, and I think yours is as well. Before we go on to the postseason awards, has that changed as far as your outlook for the finals and who would be winning this time around as far as in your thoughts at this point going into the playoffs? For me, it hasn't changed. Cleveland, I think, will win the East. I think they know they'll win the East, and that's why they approach the regular season the way they have. Golden State, again, I just think they have too much. It's just they just have too much. They have too many talented players offensively. They play well together collectively, and I, I just think it'll be a rematch of Cleveland and Golden State in the final. Uh, one last draw for the Clippers, but I think the Warriors will will um, it will go come out on top. And I think they will play San Antonio because I think they'll play, uh, they'll beat Oklahoma City as far as my upset pick. 
but I think uh, it will not be close again. It will be another case of too much Warriors. I think the Warriors will win uh, in in another five game series for them. I think their 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 most contentious series will be against the Clippers, and then I, I think it will go against uh, Cleveland again. I think it'll be a repeat. I, I agree with you. I think they they have a case of um, uh, Lakers three peat syndrome, where the Lakers were in the middle of the three peats. They would they would never really try during the regular season, and then they just cranked it up a notch because they always had that extra rest. I am concerned about their defense. I'm going to get, not going to kid you wrong. When you're that poor as a defense during the regular season, you can only ratchet up so much. But they do have a lot of veterans that can play a little bit better when the postseason's come around. I think they'll have that that little bit better will be enough to beat every single team in the East. And I think that they're going to beat the Wizards and and they're, they're going to play. Um, I said the Bucks. I think they're going to have. Uh, no problem dispatching the Bucks as far as or the Raptors, you know, whoever comes out of that series. But I do think they're going to beat the Celtics uh, within that series in the conference finals. But unfortunately, they will fall short uh, to the Warriors because I think the Warriors have three ones stuck in their heads. I think that's going to be the first thing that they write before the final starts is three to one. I don't see a close series between. I see the series that they should have had last year with the Warriors. Should have just won one out, but you know, obviously the injuries and the and the uh, suspensions from there kind of derailed things, and from a momentum standpoint. So definitely, those are some great thoughts indeed. Like I said, uh, we're both still picking, I believe, the Warriors to go ahead and take the finals. I cannot let you go without asking your thoughts on the various awards out there. So we'll just quickly run them down as far as is concerned. But I'm gonna start off with Coach of the Year for you. Mine is a toss up. I mean, I know a lot of people like Eric Spoelstra. Yeah, Tony is one. I like Scotty Brooks. I like what he's done with that uh, Wizards team. And that's a really solid. That's a really solid choice because he got a, such a, a bum rap in, in Oklahoma City, and because he was thought of as such a horrible coach, and he just let them play and, and didn't do really anything. That's what was you know the perception that a lot of the, the media wanted to bestow on him. So I definitely think that's a solid choice indeed. I think I'm going to have to give it to D'Antoni because he put a new mindset into Harden to change his game. You know, he resurrected the career of Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon. And and I think he edges out just barely over Spolster. But I'm going to give it to D'Antoni on a squeaker on that one. Your rookie of the year. I know a lot of people like Brogdon. Uh, There's a few other guys. Uh, A guy I really like, and it's a small sample size. I understand he's not going to get it. Buddy Hill shown how good he is and can be once he was traded to Sacramento. Me, he'd be my pick for the I'm going to go with Dario Saric personally. I just think he's been the steadiest of the them all. Even when he was playing with Joel Embiid, he he was still getting numbers, but he wasn't obviously getting the numbers that uh, he did without jo- Joel Embiid in lineup. Lineup, but I think he was that that steadying factor all year long on a team that actually improved many, many games over what they did last year. So for me, it's Dario Saric for Rook of the Year. Uh, let's go with the NBA's most improved player. Who would that be for you? Um, the most improved player, I know a lot of people like uh, Anna DeCumpo. I think for me, I, I could go with James Harden. I could go with Russell Westbrook. Uh, these are guys who have taken their game to such a different level. My pick, I think, for me, would have to be Devin Booker. 
I know they're not on a, he's not on a great team. They're not winning. But what he's shown in his ability to score the basketball this year, I think he's proven to Phoenix as an organization that he's somebody that they can build around. That's actually a good choice indeed. He was actually my third choice coming out of it. I think uh, Nikola Jokic out of Denver is also a very good pick because I saw him progress. He's a great choice. But for me, it is Antetokounmpo because he, his his career has grown up so much. And actually, he's doing so well now that he finished the season you know, way under the radar to, to what Westbrook and Harden did as far as statistically is concerned. He is the first player, I believe, in NBA history to be in the top top 20 in five different categories, meaning points, rebounds, uh, assists, block shots, and steals. I think that's correct. Uh, I think he is in the top 20 in all of those categories. Uh, so uh, that, to me, is a truly amazing feat, and I think that puts him slightly over the hedge uh, over all those players as far as most improved is concerned. Your choice... For Defensive Player of the Year, my choice, I think I'm going to go with Draymond Green because I think that, that he presents a unique defensive uh, experience as far as that really no other team has been able to match this season. I think Draymond Green, for me, is the best Defensive Player of the Year, slightly over Rudy Gobert. The pick for me is Rudy Gobert. To me, what, what Utah is defensively when he's on the court and when he's off the court is so dramatic of a change. Um, and, the, and the way they win when he's there and when they're not there, I think, um, because of his defense, uh, for me, he will be the defensive player. And either which way, you just can't go wrong with Draymond Green or Rudy Gobert because, like you said, that statistically the numbers just drop dramatically as far as points allowed for Utah when he's on the court indeed. And I think that's a great magnifier for exactly how you want to perceive defensive player of the year. Sixth man of the year. Uh, definitely uh, is something to be ta- talked about. And so my sixth man of the year, I'm going to say Eric Gordon. He provided that lift, and he resurrected his career in Houston. And, and as far as being able to to expound on his game, uh, definitely he's remolded himself as a key player and key component of the Houston Rockets franchise. And definitely uh, I think he squeaks it out over Lou Williams and Andre Iguodala in my, my vote as far as sixth man of the year is concerned. For me, uh, I actually agree with you. My pick is Eric Gordon. I'm happy for Eric Gordon. And I think when he went with Houston, um, they found a coach who knows how to use his skill set. He is the sixth man of the year. And finally, I know (laughs) it's been a point of contention for a lot of people in regards to who is this year's MVP with obviously Russell Westbrook having a historic season James Harden having an incredible season himself with almost 30 points a game and leading the league in assists totally transforming his game Kawhi Leonard being that force for San Antonio not wanting the press not wanting the pub or anything like that just going on going about his business and and just with, with I think with a sense of class myself seeing him him play uh just totally dominate on both sides of the ball and of course, you know, how can you not have an MVP vote without LeBron James being out there? He's just truly a tremendous player and still probably the best player on the planet. I think I'm going to go with James Harden. I think it's based off a record for me. I mean, they, they're 50 plus wins and I think it starts and stops with James Harden. I think he's truly a catalyst for that offense. And I think there's just no doubt with that you've seen him transform as a player. Mike D'Antoni has, has given him new life as far as even playing beyond the level that he's been playing 
the past few years to an even higher level. And despite the triple-double record that Westbrook got, and it's just so close, I'm going to, by an inch, I'm going to give it to James Harden. Anthony, your thoughts on the MVP race? For me, it's, it's uh, Russell Westbrook. I think it's those two. I think it's between James Harden and Russell Westbrook. For me, um, it's not simply the triple-double. It's the record with triple-double. So I think they won, if I'm not mistaken, 46 games, maybe 47. Yes, yes. Um, when Russell Westbrook has a triple-double, they're 33-9. and nine. When he, when They've only won 14 games when he does not have a triple-double, which to me means for them to win, he has to be spectacular, and he's been spectacular so many times that they've won. For me, that's the reason he's the MVP. Oh, those are some great thoughts indeed. I mean, how can you go wrong? The man has averaged the first triple-double since Oscar Robinson. And it's funny, the irony is Oscar Robertson didn't even win the MVP the year he did get a triple-double. So it's definitely a, a great thing indeed. You can't go wrong. Those are some excellent thoughts, excellent choices indeed. If you have any questions for Anthony, you can just uh, give us a shout-out, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, and we would have him on the show if you want want to talk uh, more as far as the NBA is concerned, and we'll go ahead and and be able to relay that to him, and he can answer it on the show whatnot. But um, otherwise, you know, like I said, it's going to be a great NBA playoffs indeed. Uh, Anthony Barberin, it's been a great Great pleasure having you on again. I definitely want to get you on over the off season, uh, you know, as as the draft lays out, uh, you know, which I know is pretty contentious for my Lakers right now, and yeah. then also um, the <laughs> could lose two picks, um, and then also as well free agency. Um, as it gets right into that, I guess silly season. Uh, I definitely want to talk to you more about about all the moves that are going on in the offseason and your thoughts going into the 2017-2018 season indeed. Otherwise, you're always welcome to come back anytime you want to to tell us what's what's going on with the NBA or anything else you want to talk about because, as always, it is just a great pleasure having you on. I love having, I love coming on, man. I'm, I'm so glad you had me. Um, I look forward to the next time uh, that you have me on to, again, to talk more, to talk draft, to talk offseason. Uh, talk trades if they may come about. Um, yeah, I love talking NBA. I love talking basketball, and you know, I really appreciate that. Oh no worries, no worries, and you, and you know I do too. So I, the NBA is uh, definitely uh, the place for us, indeed. And as basketball junkies, I think we're going to be uh, tuned to our television set. To me, it's just great that there's going to be some type of NBA meaningful basketball in the days to come, indeed. Anthony, it's been truly a great pleasure having you part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. I wish you all the best, and definitely uh, you're welcome back anytime you want, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. This is the PCC Multiverse. Hey, everyone. Venture into the Pop Culture Cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the Cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Every Monday night. 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network.
And we're back once again with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture, Cosmos, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone being out there listening to us and our great show indeed. If you get a chance, check out our Monday show, the number one show on the podcast radio network. It is the Pop Culture Cosmos show. Catch it 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, right here on the podcast radio network. Well, it's been a great show indeed. We had the Morning Monitor, uh, had a great conversation with Anthony Barberin and also DJ Plasma Z, a.k.a. Elijah Harrison, about all the stuff that they're up to and their thoughts. Uh, I want to, before we head on out, there's just got to be something I got to talk to you about, the, the, you know, a stunning turn of events that came up, uh, you know, pretty much later in the week here, and that was Nintendo deciding to discontinue the really popular and really hard to get NES Mini Edition. What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I don't know. It's just really kind of weird that they would make this type of decision. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't know why. It was really surprising when that popped up in the news today. Because uh, the retail stores were selling it for like two or three hundred dollars above the MSRP. And uh, it was it was a hit. Like I, I remember people waiting outside of Toys R Us to buy something like that. It was almost, if not more, it had more interest in it than the Nintendo Switch did. Yeah, it's just it's a weird thing. And I'm hoping that they're like my my personal theory from trying to put it all together. Either the parts are hard to come by, or they're uh, you know going to discontinue that to focus on the the Nintendo Switch and the Virtual Console. So maybe you can get all these games that are on the Virtual Console. Maybe that'll be a, uh, a an announcement at E3. But yeah, other than that, like it, it doesn't really make sense to have discontinued this because it sold so well. And it's just kind of like, you know, if, if we've learned anything from Nintendo over the years, it's that they they love money. So, I mean, this just doesn't really make any sense to me. Well, if you go to eBay, for example, right now, they're already telling people that this has been discontinued, so the price may have jumped up even more. It is now currently, if you wanted to buy one right now off the rack at eBay, it's going to be costing you about $380, $400 at a minimum. So that's that's truly just still very outrageous for a, was it $59.99 console? Is that correct? Yeah, it's about 60 bucks if I remember correctly. Yeah, so it's ridiculous that people were paying this, and pe- but people were paying this in the first place, which, and now it's it's going to be almost like a a really hard to find item, which is going to drive up the price even more. I don't get it. I, I don't understand. Like you said, it must be an issue with parts, but because if it's an issue of just not wanting to continue it uh, for some reason or other, it's it's not because of sales or or demand from consumers, because the consumer demand on it is is still extremely high and just seems ridiculous that you're not going to go out and make more of these units because uh, it's just, I don't know. It just makes me scratch my head and, and we're still having the same issues with the switch about availability uh, there as well. I don't know. It, it makes no sense business wise to discontinue something that is so hot, so wanted by the consumers. It was really hard to get during the holiday season and it's April and it's still hard to get. And now you discontinue it makes it even more befuddling. Very strange decision indeed on Nintendo's part. Wanting to leave all that money on the table and just saying, there you go. We don't want it because, uh, I don't know, it just 
seems very, very disturbing indeed that they were never able to accommodate the consumer properly with a product that was sold and could be easily or regularly gotten by the by a normal person just walking to a store can't buy the the product at all because of the demand that was there and the the a light amount of production that was made for it so very troubling indeed but if you have a question or a comment you want to make about Nintendo's discontinuing the NES mini edition please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com or popculturecosmos humanican media or game source on facebook or twitter well, it's been another great show here indeed. I really want to thank everybody for listening. Josh, any last thoughts on Humanican Media before we head on out for the Easter weekend? Uh, please follow us on YouTube. Uh, check out the Morning Monitor. Tell your friends. Like I said before, we're looking for feedback because it's kind of in the beta stage right now. So we greatly appreciate that. And uh, you know, follow us on Facebook. Follow Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. The you know, obviously, the more uh, of a following you have, the more stuff we can do and the more good stuff we can bring you. So be sure to check that out indeed on Humanican Media. If you can't there, we're going to be sharing them on the Pop Culture Cosmos and also Game Source as much as possible as well. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening, and here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Morning Monitor. It's Wednesday, April the 12th. Where we enjoy spending time with you. In the morning. Well, Justin, well, happy Wednesday to you. Thank you. Happy now, Wednesday to you as well. The hump day, right? It's the hump day. And uh, we've got some awesome news stories for you guys. Very cool stuff. Coming right at you. Um, tell us, what are, we, uh, what are we looking at first, Justin? We're looking at Carrie Fisher. Who Carrie is, Fisher? Who is dead. I thought Rest you were saying like, a, like an open casket type Can we thing. have a moment of silence? That wasn't very silent. But Carrie Fisher, yes, is not alive. However, she will be starring. Oh, wow. <laughs> is this so harsh? Is it too harsh? It's so harsh. It's, 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 I mean, I don't know how to be delicate it's about... It's my heart, man. It's, I don't know how to be delicate about someone that's dead and funny at the same time. There's no delicate way to put this, folks. Carrie it's, Fisher's dead. She's dead. We all know it. She's very dead. You know it. 
I know it. If this is news to you, I'm sorry you had to hear about it this way, but Carrie Fisher is dead. Anyway. Question. With Carrie Fisher being dead, how is she going to be in the How next are we going to see movie? her more Star Wars movies? Well, apparently they did some filming before she died, and her family has allowed Disney, Disney on Star Wars. Apparently right? they did a lot of filming before she died. Disney on Star Wars? Yes. Disney on Star Wars. Disney owns everything. Disney owns everything. That, they are Marvel, the super Star Wars. Power. Google. Uh, really? I don't think they own Google. They, I wouldn't be surprised yet. though. Not yet. Uh, Dougal. Her family agreed to have her... Embalmed. Uh, no, not oh, embalmed. Okay. Sorry, I'm not. <laughs> so she's starring in the new Mommy movie? Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, that was like my first crush right there. You're, you're just, you're jabbing at Carrie Call Fisher. me from She was my only hope. What? You did it first. You're probably, you're probably I the didn't only do it first. boy who's ever had a crush on her. You probably are the only probably. one. Probably. That's disgusting. Leia, man. I had posters. No, I didn't. Um, she portrayed Leia Organa in four episodes of Star Wars. Did she really? Yes, that's who, that's okay that's who she oh, is. God. Yeah. So uh, there's also going to be a computer animated version of her younger Princess Leia persona who acted by Ingrid Dalila. So basically, this, this Ingrid, this Ingrid no, it, character, this Ingrid, Ingrid fella. Is it Ingrid? I don't know. We're gonna mess up for all your purposes. Name. Reasons Ingrid is it's not Ingrid. It's Ingvid. Oh, Ingvid Della Delia. Okay. Now she got hired not because they're using her face, but because she knows how to walk like Princess Leia, like young Princess Leia. Is that right? Well, probably. I mean, some of her facial features are probably the same because they're gonna animate her face. Over her face. So it doesn't That's matter what your facial features. Well, I mean, but... This chick maybe if has, If it's like... similar, it's probably easier. In some way. Oh, come on. To, like... I could be Princess Leia. True. True, right? Yeah. I just have to learn how she walks. I, you just have to learn if how she walks. If you could walk like Princess Leia, you could do it. You could do it. Dang. She spends a lot of time running, though. From, True. From Star Troopers. True. So, have, you know, have we ever actually seen her walk? Yes. In the video games. Do... Only Lego Star Wars. <laughs> so like, so this e- Evid yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so so this article was written by Owen S. Good at Polygon. Owen Good from Polygon uh, he also has a quote here you don't mess with this legacy Todd Fisher told the news it would be rewriting rewriting the bible to me Star Wars is the holy grail of storytelling and lore you can't mess with it. It's true. Star Wars is like it's like the grandfather of yeah. like good movies. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think yeah. so. Yeah. The grandfather or the godfather? <laughs> the great godfather. The stepfather. Would the grandfather be the sequel to the godfather? The grandfather would be um... <laughs> Is that like is that like the very like like white version of the godfather it's instead of like italian it's like white people in the suburbs that are like like let's go let's go to grandpa's house and like uh go go see if he's golfing today but he wouldn't have an italian accent hey folks thank you for coming coming to see me on this the day of my daughter's wedding i just i just i just love you so much grandpa well i think you're just you're just such a you're such a great role model to me and and you're such a good golfer and 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 i really like to ride around in your golf cart and stuff you're the best, Grandpa. Well, how about this? I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. How about we go get some ice cream? I love ice cream. All right. Why would I refuse that? Or you can't refuse it. I, I wouldn't. You, no, 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 you can't. But 
Actually, I'm going to have to. No, no, you can't refuse it. I'm lactose intolerant. Well, that's all right because this place is famous for their sherbet. Wait, wait, are you lactose intolerant or lactose intolerant? Because if you are tolerant of it, then you can eat it technically. I'm lactose and tolerant. <laughs> I'm made of partially milk, partially and I'm okay with a lot of things. <laughs> lactose intolerant. Um, uh, anyway. Now, some, now back to Princess Leia. Back to Princess Leia. I, I really don't have anything more to say other than I am looking forward to this movie for sure. It's going to come out uh, when episode 9 comes out, which is at some time. I'm going to say it's probably going to be about December 15th. Oh, you say December 15th. Yeah. Okay, interesting. That's a great date. Um, and so, uh, yeah. 10 days before Christmas. 10 days before Christmas. It's a good early Christmas cool. present for us. Yeah. Um, I loved Rogue One. We saw uh, this, I think to be CGI, Princess Leia at the end of Rogue One. And Admiral Tarkin. I, and Admiral Tarkin. They just, just they did a good just, job. They like, did a good job with that like, CGI. Here's the thing. They did. When they approached uh, Admiral Tarkin's family in the same manner that they approached Carrie yeah. Fisher's family. Yeah. Ca- Carrie Fisher's family were like, no, 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 you can't do that. But Admiral Tarkin was like, his family was like, let's get some money. Right. Like, let's get it going. He's dead. That's fine. And they just said, that's totally fine. So you see two different well, reactions. Aren't, aren't actors starting to sign things where they can't be CGI after they die or something? I hope for that. Like I mean, I love it. I think it's I've fantastic. signed it, haven't you? I don't want people to use my CGI image. For I do. Head. Please, if you have a CGI image of my head, please use it. This is a Photoshop challenge. I'm sensing. Photoshop challenge. Challenge of oh. Photoshop. So, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. December fifteenth. Check it out. It's the next Star Wars installment. Here's something. Check this out. Crime alert. Have you crime alert? Crime alert. Have you ever been? An innocent bystander that has gone and signed up for a popular game buying store, I have. physical a physical game buying store. I've been to a store and bought a video game before. Have you what? ever given? Have you ever given? I haven't them, done it in a long time. Here's the thing: Have you ever given them your credit card information? I have. I well, listen here: your yeah. credit card information might be in serious danger. Oh my goodness! Because this is why. Oh my goodness! GameStop Whoa. is investigating some serious breach. Compromising credit card info says Owen S. Good at Polygon. Okay? This is another PlayStation scandal. Is this just credit cards or debit cards? I'm imagining it's all forms of uh, plastic payment. Um, That's what I would imagine. Right now. Yeah, everything. Right. Everything. Everything. So So you're not safe if you use the debit card, I'm sorry. Basically, um, what happened is the these guys, these hackers. Okay. These cyber hackers okay. got past their firewall yeah. and got a hold of people's CVVs. They hacked in. Now, if you don't know what CVV is, that's that little three-digit number that we're always looking for on the back of our card. Yeah. You're buying something under yeah, it. It's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like, do you want to help find this? Have you this? forgot how have, to find that three-digit number on the back you of your card? Have you never bought anything online before? It's called a CVV card it's number. It's CVV squared? Is CVV2 now? I don't know. CVV2? What does that's that mean? What like, it's now. Like 2.0? Six numbers? It's, new, it's a new version. New squared, version. right. Interesting. Yeah. I don't have that yet. That would be, yeah. Actually, would that be nine? So they even got the number on the back. Now, when you give someone the number on the back of your card, you're done for. That's that's a trusting thing that you're entering into. You should just give them all of your credentials for everything in life. Just give them your birth certificate, too. Because that number is so important. And now, all of that data has been accessed. Mine is 433. Keep an eye on your bank account. If you have bought anything with GameStop, you could see some charges for you could, like yacht uh, parts. Yacht parts, sure, because that's the first thing. <laughs> you know what? Let's <laughs> let's. We just stole someone's credit card. Let's go buy a uh, 
a fender for a yacht. Like, come on. Who's going to go? Come on. Can we talk They're about gonna... that real quick? Yeah. A, yacht, a yacht fender? Yeah, yacht fender. It goes on the, the rear side of the boat. Is that on the same side as the, the yacht spoiler? No, the spoiler. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! It, it, well, if it's a rear fender or a front fender, the spoiler's on the back. Right, okay. Normally, yachts don't have spoilers, I don't think, because they don't need air Right, right, right. But yachts have fenders? Dynamics. I feel like you could call it a fender. Okay. Like I'm, sh- I'm sure some boats have interchangeable bumping parts that they would. They should. They should. If they don't, that's a, that they all should. Did have I rubber. just invent something amazing? Uh, yacht fenders. Here's the thing. People anyway, would rather people would rather have their. Back to the point where they stole your credit card Game information stop. and bought yacht parts. So probably not the first a, thing they're going to buy. It's a money laundering. Maybe some thing, exotic elephant they'll they, purchase. They're in buying like them India with the, They're buying them with the dirty money and then that selling them legitimately. That's what I would buy. Animals, you say? I I buy an elephant. That so would be if awesome. Someone buys an elephant with their card being stolen. It was probably Justin. It was probably Justin. Just know. You so know. You, you said exotic elephant. So is there a difference? Between yes. Like a normal well, I feel like yeah, like domesticated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the yeah domesticated. Right. Okay. Yeah, and like treat it really well. Yeah. Like find an elephant that gain his trust that couldn't be released into the wild and like had to be taken care of by humans and. So this is like these hackers are really like compassionate people. <laughs> they're doing a, they're doing a great justice to society. So if you see that your money has been used to compassionately deliver an exotic, exotic elephant, elephant from the wild, you know that you've you bought that too many games back. at GameStop. Yeah, right. Um, so check this out. Uh, Vishal so what are they Gupta, doing about it? The CEO yeah. of the security firm Seclor mm-hmm. told GameStop uh, it would not confirm a suspected time frame for the breach of uh, Krebs report. Um, so basically, they're not wanting to. to basically, they know nothing. Yeah, they're, they're like, guys, we got they got, robbed. We got straight up Oceans robbed on the internet. 11, okay, like they came in with 12, guns 13. and we couldn't stop them. No, they got all of your info. Y'all better change like, your numbers ah, right now. Ah, right. Um, How does that happen, by the way? I mean, like, why can't they just put our information in some sort of a secure location? Because somebody's always going to figure a way around. There's just, always an exploit. Crazy. There's like, always an exploit. It... GameStop's official statement is, we regret any concern this situation may cause for our customers. Um, so GameStop said this, and they were advising their customers to monitor their accounts and statements of unauthorized charges and report them to their banks immediately. Basically, GameStop's telling you the same thing that I told you. Yeah. They're saying good luck. They're saying good luck. Thank you for purchasing. We lost all of your information. We're sorry. I don't know who you are or how you got my CPV squared, but I will kill you and I will find you. This is very exciting. (laughs) This is really exciting. This is, I'm I'm very excited. Hold on. Can I give, can I give you a sound effect for this first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a sound effect. What is that? What is that noise? Oh no. It must be a flying shark in a tornado because that is what's coming in a few months. Sharknado 5. Sharknado let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about my last experience with Sharknado. Please do. It was with you. Yes. It was with Josh and your family and we were in your pool. Which was heated to like 92 degrees at yeah, night. Super hot. Saltwater pool. Saltwater pool. We started like early in the day. We started watching shark with movies. With the sun out. But let me tell you, if you want to get spooked and feel... Completely and like an immersive experience and a submersive experience and a submersive experience. experience. You 
will watch Sharknado in a pool. It's the coolest thing. A heated pool. It's so great. It's 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 scary. It adds it adds that fourth dimension of <gasps> is that a shark? But yeah. although in this instance, the they come from the sky normally. There were no tornadoes going on during this party, so yeah. I would say that definitely altered my submersive experience on right, it. Right. But being in the water. It was cool. It was really cool. It was cool. Uh, also, the fact that it was like, like an 80-inch TV and surround sound speakers yeah. definitely helped. Maybe uh, a just a little bit. So, but, Jenna Bush uh, writes that a wait, shark needle... Jenna Bush? We're not sure. We're <laughs> not sure. I think I got that one right. I, I hope so. I mean, is she a real person? Real person? Uh, Her name is actually Jenna Bush. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, it's not B-U-S-H. No, it's Bush. Okay. Bush? Like, I think it's Bush. No, Bush. A Bush. Bush. Do you want to see that? Jenna Bush. Bush. It's like Russian soup borscht. Jenna Bush. Bush. Yeah. So? Okay. So, this article was written by Jenna Bush. 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 Yeah. We'll go with Bush. All right. A Sharknado 5 premiere date has been announced on Sci-Fi, as wow. well as a number of other shows, including Killjoy's Dark Matter, Blood Drive, and Face Off. The Sharknado 5 premiere hits the cable network on Sunday, August 6th at 8 p.m., where we'll see the return of Ian Ziering and Tara Reid as Finn Shepard and April Wexler battling a tornado full of sharks. You don't again. say. You don't say. Now, they're going to be battling a tornado full of sharks. Yeah. That's amazing. Like the last four. Let's take a moment to pause. Yeah. What Guys, what are our real feelings about like, the Sharknado movies? Like, like, like a real if, like, that to, happened in real life. To me, they're like the Fast and the Furious. <coughs> the more ridiculous they get, the more I want to watch them. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're not going to miss Shark Five. Yeah. You're not. You're not going to watch it for the purpose of wanting a good story. These aren't Oscar movies. Right. From it. But it's intentionally that because they would have to spend yeah. millions of dollars on CGI. For one, it's a terrible story idea. But even if they did to like make it like mainstream cool. It would be so much money, but they're getting the same amount of views by just having this extremely sarcastic uh, yeah. uh, satire yeah. with just these movies. That makes fun of itself. I mean, it's so meta. It's they not like, even funny. They like hip thrust sharks, right? Yeah, right. A guy, a guy does a, a hip bump, yeah. thrust bump, I mean, and it takes a shark out. Come on. These are the same sharks that can come out come on. any velocity. Come on. Am come I right? And just slice them in half, you know, as they kind of coming through. Like, we've seen this happen. Just legs left. And this, you know... So, so uh, let's do, uh, <clears throat> Siri, make a calendar event for the premiere of Sharknado, which is uh, August the 6th at 8 p.m. for a pool party at Josh's house with everybody. Okay. And you're invited. Okay. Let's see what she says. Okay. I set up your event for August 6th, 2017. Right on. Should I schedule it? Yes. Schedule it, please. Schedule. Schedule. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Siri. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, Sharknado 5. Honest opinion. I think Sharknado 5. Here's what I think. I think the whole Sharknado franchise was birthed out of this. Like, like all of a sudden on sci-fi, I feel like, like they started being able to make these movies that were like somewhat decent. Like, they had CGI, you know? Like, it just made the bridge the gap of, we're able to do CGI for mm. a super low budget. Mm-hmm. So I think that these real, like, sci-fi movies were coming out that were just terrible, you yeah. know? There were these really bad ones, and then also Shrek, Shrek was like, we're just gonna own that. Like, we're just gonna go in and, and like, we're gonna make that our thing. Like, making it like these movies. Right, that comp- the company that makes Sharknado, like, they just make terrible 
things like, like this. Like, I imagine it's probably, like, 10% of it's, a normal movie It's budget. not really made by Sci-Fi Network, is it? No. It's made by that, that small company that makes, like, other movies exactly like this. Like, like, uh, like Lava like, 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 send the, 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 Ford, the yeah. Ford college kids to an that. island and get murdered by... Okay, well... There you go. That's why all that stuff's up at Universal Studios. I'm excited oh. to see it. Sharknado 5. I'm, Sharknado I'm, 5. I'm going yeah. to watch it, Josh. Yeah, I'll be, gonna, I mean, you Travis? guys have a pool party in my house. Yeah. It's pretty much in the book. <laughs> I mean, our pool parties are so We fun. invited ourselves over to jump into your pool and watch yep. a movie. Yep. Yep. I hope you're not doing anything. I mean, I guess I'm going to be watching Sharknado. Wait, what, what day is that? Is, is That's a, a Tuesday? No. It's a Saturday, I think. Friday. Oh, Friday. Killjoys. Hold on. What's going on? Does it matter? We're going to be in the pool. Yeah. Well, you got Sunday. Watching it's a Sunday shark night. Movie. You have something better to do than watching Shark No, exactly. I don't. Where's your dedication? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'd like to take this time to thank our sponsors, a grass company Call. that makes synthetic green grass. Their name is. Always green synthetic grass and budding greens. That's right. Always it's green so difficult to say. It doesn't make any sense. Always no, listen. Here's the thing. It's always green synthetic grass putting greens. Always green synthetic putting grass. And putting greens. So always green synthetic putting grass. Here's the cool thing about these guys. Always green synthetic if, grass if putting just, green. If you just find yourself always just getting tired of watering your lawn, or you're getting always. too much money charged to you green. for water, you're getting that watering tax. Synthetic. That's because the lawn Putty. is real, no, and it's actually needed to consume always, things. But guess what? Green. Always green. Synthetic. Synthetic means it's, it doesn't need grass. water. And it looks like grass. Putting green. Or putting greens for the golfers. So you set this up. Thank you. you set it up in front of your house, oh, back of your house. Make yourself a little putting green. Your house looks great. This grass looks real. You're not watering it. And guess they what? Offer you they money. offer financing. They make it and really they'll easy come for out, you. they'll measure it for you, and they're gonna tell you how much money you're gonna save. Uh, so it pays for itself. Yeah. Really. Why not pay for itself? Um, even if you're looking to sell your house, this is gonna up the up the, the value. And let me let me let you in a, on a secret about paying for itself. Please. Once it pays for itself, yeah. then it's paying you. After that. And you're, you're making money from money. your grass. So mind blown. Yes. There's extra money in the bank to go watch Sharknado. Or Carrie or, Fisher. Or Carrie Fisher. Rest in peace. Well, Rest in peace. Um, real quick though, Chad, didn't you just get done playing your video game? Oh yes, I did. Oh my goodness. Tell me about it. <coughs> well, I played it. I made Justin play it for a little bit last night. Oh yes. So I can know about it. This game is called Arrow. Okay. Um, who who are the guy who made this game? Um, Mad. Good question. The Mad? gaming company. Okay. They had their hashtag right at the bottom. It, yeah, it was, was like Mad um, Bros. Crazy bros, angry bros. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I'm not looking right now. Well, we'll, 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 we'll <laughs> you guys, I was lost there for a second. Josh on a spot. Yeah, he is. He won't stop. You should have uh, asked Siri. Josh on a spot. You should have asked Siri. She would know how to pronounce it. It's A E E. Let's see. You can type it though. It's like Happy Cow Games or something. Like Happy. Yes. Okay. Question. Yeah. What's a happy cow name? Is there is there one? Now it's probably a free roaming cow. Mad fellows. Mad fellows. We're <laughs> with the exact wow. opposite. Right? Madfellows happy cow name. Free free roaming cows. So like goat simulator. He, he, he just yeah. delayed thirty minutes. Okay. Tell me about this game I played last night. Okay, so this game that we played last night is called Aero. Do you remember who it's made by? Uh, Mad 
Cow? Mad Fellows. <laughs> Mad Fellows. Mad Cow? No. Oh, that was fine. Okay. Mad Fellows? And you can now uh, play Today. because the embargo is up, so we're allowed to talk about it. All right. Okay. okay. Uh, we have an awesome game that we kind of wanted to review and talk about. This game is called Aero, uh, made by Mad, Mad Fellows. Fellows. Mad Fellows. And um, this game is officially up on embargo. Uh, you guys can download it on the PlayStation Network. The embargo is up, meaning we can talk about it. <laughs> you can't download it on embargo. <laughs> if you want to get the... Uh, it's like Steam. It's called Embargo. Um, so it's now out. It's available. We got to early screen it. Um, basically, what this game has done is it has taken a mixture of um, almost an arcade-style flyer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where you basically... It mixed it with almost a guitar hero. Uh, but really, it should be called Wub Wub Hero. Yeah, it's very like electronic. They got yeah, they got some some of the top uh, really fun electronic dance music, some dubstep in there. Basically, you're a, uh, a fighter jet, a futuristic spaceship. You're cruising down down this plane, right? Enemies are flying in front of you. You can select. It kind of looks like Borderlands. Yeah, it's kind of like, like, like a Borderlands low feel. polygon feel. Uh, you're flying through. You're selecting enemies. You're firing them. This whole thing has got this music building up. All of a sudden, here comes the drop. This is the verse. This tunnel comes out, and with your left out of nowhere, you need to follow these electric lines. You basically you're basically the surfing the music. You're so with the like, music. if the music goes up, you go up, and then if the music like, turns around, you go like this. It's, it's very all cool. with the wubs. If you disconnect from this line, it loses the main like synthesizer line. So it really like yeah, and you, you don't feel it, the rumble in the joystick. Right. Yeah, the rumble. It, it's joystick very satisfying to like right. stay inside yeah. the music. Yeah, and it, like. To know that you're making it, you know, you've missed it and you come back in. Yeah. It's really fun. You and then really it gets more like, intricate. You're like surfing while shooting enemies yeah. and it's it's fun. It is fun. It is. I definitely would uh, give it a high rating. Yeah. I, it, it's If you just want to chill out, play some video games, kind of really get submerged into it. For is, it, it, it's it's a small game, right? It's not meant to be like a you know. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's out today. This is the first time it's out for you. We have guys. no idea. So it's. It's a game that I imagine it's not so much since it's not a storyline. It's, right, it's like a guitar hero. It's like a guitar hero. Yeah. I, I feel like they're definitely going to be able to add more levels as it goes on. Right, right. Um, and I would love to. That would be so. Cool and it shows how like game, how, guys. how you ranked up against everybody yeah, else in the world. Yeah, you ranked up. Like, yeah, it's pretty fun. I have a low-key dream to have one of my songs on uh, this game. So it has different songs on it. Different songs. Hashtag yeah, there's, there's one by uh, um, Bass Nectar. And the real songs. Real songs. Yeah. Real songs. Real artist songs. So you play it. Real and, music. And so, yeah, you're playing through. My favorite level in the game, you're cruising through, you're, you're fighting, all of a sudden this giant sandworm just starts coming up. You're shooting at it. It comes up out of the ground. Way and then you fly. You, you fly. Inside the sandworm. And, and you're, you're shooting at it. You're flying through. It's and the Alaskan board. It's exactly. awesome. Exactly. It's super cool. It's a really fun game, really submersive. A really cool fact of it is it's chill-out mode, uh, basically where... You have unlimited lives. You can't lose the level. You can. It's just to play through the song and enjoy it. So that's cool that you can get to uh, go yeah. back and just kind of get that experience without having to really be focusing on it. Because but it, it for those hard. for those that like want to really focus on it, like it's you can score really high yeah. if you stay perfectly. On like it. it's a skill game. It's, it's supposed game. to be like right. replayed. You replay the songs over and over yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. And you get better. Top your score. There's hidden little targets around the map that you can hit for extra points. Cool. Uh, it's a really cool game. So I give great it, job, guys. I give it a uh, for a game like that. I'm not really a huge Guitar Hero fan. I no. never really got into that. Right. But this is not a guitar. And not having to learn like finger right. tapping and like <coughs> flicking over here. 
I give it like a good, I give it like a good seven, good seven and a half, probably. Nice, yeah, for I'm that gonna, type of game. Uh, I'm gonna give it uh, an eight and a half. An eight and a half. Yeah, I really enjoyed this game. I, I had a great time playing it. Uh, it's cool because on the PlayStation you can plug the headphones directly in to your controller, so that really made the experience. And I had open air earphones. I would have loved to hear it with like my Bose, yeah, just big, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So uh, that would have been neat. I think that game uh, they should make more games like that. I'd like mm-hmm. to see that more stuff created. Uh, and yeah, the rhythm base is really fun to play. So Aero, A E E R O, and this game is available on the PlayStation Network. Definitely get it. Super fun. Super, Super fun. fun. Uh, well, that is going to conclude. We're gonna wrap it up right now. We're gonna wrap it up right now. Uh, hey, yo, uh, uh. We got Travis in the background. Uh. It's gonna sound super echoey. We're not gonna really understand what's going on, but hey, we're doing it. Yeah, Uh, yeah. (coughs) Pardon me. Um, tune in. We're gonna be on again tomorrow. Uh, this time, time, Josh and Travis. Are gonna take the reins and lead you guys down a magical tech. Let's journey. do that whole ending again. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to the morning monitor. We hope you guys continue to follow us on our journey throughout uh, Humanican Media. You can find us by subscribing on the internet. On the internet, YouTube, Humanican, Humanican Media. Media. Uh, also, we're on Facebook. So yeah, definitely become a part of our journey. We make a really funny show called Ghost Toasters. We it's do great. a lot of cool interviews. We star in it. And we act. Yeah, we act. And Josh we is in it. Josh he, he in writes it. it. Travis is in Travis it. Travis is in it. He's crazy. He is nuts. He goes through a portal, uh, a ghostly realm portal, and he gets in portal madness. And he's it's losing awesome. it on where's he's where's in uh, episode three. So as we head on throughout the show, tra- poor Travis. He's just going to get. Well, we don't want to give too much away. Anyway, but, as uh, always, like, comment, and subscribe. Yes. Check us out. No. Thank you for tuning no. in. Yeah, hardly. See you guys. Bye now.